0: Okie dokie. Uh, Chris, could you bring up um, my first slide, please? I've got two slides today, folks. You'll get one now. And this one will stay up for the duration of the message. And um, then we'll put another slide up at the end. So you can see my title, we need to put God first. I could really just sit down and let you ponder that, but, um, but I've got a bit to say about putting God first. I'm going to be reading today from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. Don't you like it when the the preaching text is easy to find? (laughs) All righty. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the beginning... God. These first four words of the Bible form the foundation for faith. They form the foundation for faith. In the beginning, God. Believe these words, and you can believe everything else that is in the Bible. A friend of mine went to a Catholic college to be educated, and I remember her telling me one day that one of the nuns was teaching about the crossing of the Red Sea, and she said to the students, in those days it was actually called the Reed Sea, and it was very shallow, and they crossed in muddy waters Up to the north part, near the Suez Canal, where it was, um, well before that was there, where it was shallow and and reedy and the Reed Sea. Here is a person of little faith. Really, little faith. There can be no doubt that um, we need to have faith to believe the Bible. And I really love some of the Bible stories because there is no way known, no possible way known that um, man or people can attribute success to some of the miracles that we read about. The crossing of the Red Sea. Oh, I um, I like Joshua march around the wall for six days and then on the seventh play the trumpets and everybody and the walls fall down it is such a ridiculous strategy in one sense that no human being could claim the victory for that you have to say well that's God or what about Gideon Gideon is to fight 55,000 Midianites and he starts off with 33,000 soldiers and God whittles it down to 300 their weapons are like a torch um, a clay pot and a trumpet it's not exactly what our soldiers take to Afghanistan is it? not what you call weapons of war so they take these instruments, 300 of them encircle the enemy in the middle of the night they make a big racket flash the torch and play the trumpets voila the enemy take care of themselves again gideon can't take the glory for that it is such a ridiculous strategy that you have to give god the victory In the beginning, God. These first four words of the Bible form the foundation for faith. The reason that we know God exists is because he told us that he does. He told us that he exists. Right here, in the beginning, God. He was there in the beginning. And so God has revealed Himself to us he has told us all about who he is. He's told us what he's like He's told us what his plan for the planet is And he's revealed these things to mankind through this book called the Bible Basic instructions before leaving earth what it stands for. Check it out. It's a good book. The Bible has demonstrated itself to be more than just a book. It is the actual word or words of God. It's a sacred book. should be treated as such and Everything that mankind knows about God, and there are libraries full of theological books and Bible dictionaries and commentaries and writings and songs and poetry and everything that mankind knows about God has come out of this book. It's come out of this book. We need to put God first. In the unfolding of God's great and grand plan, Genesis introduces the reader to the nature of God as the sovereign Lord over the universe who will move heaven and earth to establish his will. He seeks to bless mankind but does not tolerate disobedience or unbelief so there's the key if we can get rid of disobedience to God and unbelief from our hearts and our lives then it's God's desire to bless us that's what he wants to do that's his heart God's heart is to bless his creation that's what he wants to do. Nothing is greater on God's heart than giving your blessing, even before. Excuse me. Even before the fall, Genesis tells us that God visited, He visited the planet. He came from heaven to earth, and he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He visited them. He wanted to bless them. He wanted to have a chat. Hey, Adam and Eve, what have you been up to today? What have you been calling the animals and the plants and so on? I don't know what they chatted about. But he wanted to bless them. And then, of course, they filled their hearts with sin, and God could no longer come to the planet, could he? He could no longer visit with Adam and Eve because his place was taken by sin sin filled their hearts in fact it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came at the day of Pentecost that once again God's spirit could fill the hearts of mankind and prior to that his spirit was kept in a box in the back of the temple called the Ark of the Covenant We understand from Hebrews 11.6 that it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible. You can do all you like to please God, but if you don't have any faith, you won't please him. We need to put God first. Out in Southern California, there's an island off the coast called Catalina. It's 26 miles, I don't know what that is in k's, about 30 k's away from the um, California coast at Newport Beach. One day there were three men standing on on that pier. One was a drunk, one was an average bloke, and one was a professional man. All of a sudden, the drunk, he comes up and he jumped off the pier into the water. And one of the other boats said, well, what'd you do that for? He said, I'm jumping to Catalina. Anyway, so Mr. Average, he says, oh, well, I can do better than that. He got a bit of a run up and he jumped a bit further and the professional man, he thought oh, he got a 50 metre run-up and he powered down that pier, (laughs) Anyway, the Coast Guard came and fished them out of the water and said, look, what are you guys doing? And one of them said, look, we're trying to jump to Catalina and see who can jump the furthest and the Coast Guard man said, look, you're so far short, it's still 26 miles, <laughs> you know. You're just not going to make it by, by taking a leap. But um, God has set a target for us, okay? Our target is not to get to Catalina. God has set a different target for us but it is impossible for us to reach our target without Christ. Yeah? Our target's heaven. Our target's the pearly gate or the new Jerusalem or heaven or paradise. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. All of the above. But without Christ, we cannot reach that target. And it's not just a matter of having some knowledge about Jesus. It's not even a matter of saying, yes, I believe in God. A lady I work with at IGA, she believes in God because she thinks, well, this couldn't happen by accident. But that's about it. He's not in her heart, she just thinks that there's a creator somewhere. OK, well, you're not going to go to heaven like that. There's probably tons of people that believe that sort of stuff. We need to put God first in our life. The Bible is not written for scientists. It's not a record of man's researchers. The Bible, from the beginning to the end, is the appeal of God to the souls of mankind. It does not gradually, the Bible does not gradually unfold this idea of God. In fact, the Bible presupposes God and it begins with the statement of the existence of God. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created. The foolish individual lacks spiritual discernment not intelligence. There are a lot of highly intelligent people, but they lack spiritual discernment in understanding the existence of God. We need to live as if God exists in our hearts, and he does. That's how we need to live. We cannot live as if God does not exist in our hearts if God only exists in our minds, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We've got to let that knowledge drop nine inches into our heart and allow God to rule our lives. And I think the hardest thing for people to do is to allow somebody else to take control of their life. Very difficult that's why couples run into trouble every now and again in the marriage. Once they do it this way, no, I want to do it this way. I've done it this way for 20 years. I don't care. I've done it this way for 21. I'm the boss. No, I'm the boss. You know, we don't want to yield our lives. We don't want to give someone else... You know, we want to make our own decisions, don't we? But if we can trust God with our very lives to make our decisions for us. I'm not saying you need to ask God if you want to blow your nose or anything like that. We're talking mission, we're talking ministry, we're talking some hands-on stuff here. And we need to seek God for the direction for our lives. I think it's fair enough that each person who becomes a Christian takes a few years to get to know God, you know. It takes a plumber a while to, you know, be able to figure out how to flare pipes and do all the soldering and all that sort of stuff. Or it takes a chippy a while to learn to handle wood. It takes a Christian a while to get to understand God. But like any apprenticeship, I'll give you four years. And after four years, you should get to know God pretty good in that time. And now, after four years, it's not about you anymore. It's about the kingdom. It's about sowing and reaping and harvesting. And some sow and a different someone different gets a harvest. That's cool. That's okay. We're not all called to drive a harvester, are we? You know? It's just like the farm, isn't it? Where are we? The Apostle Paul emphasises that we're all foolish as long as we choose to separate ourselves from the wisdom of God which is found in the gospel of Christ. The scripture states God is. Now I don't pretend to understand that God existed from eternity past to eternity future. That's just a bit big for my brain. I mean, I can say the words and I I get the concept, but to have existed forever and ever. is a very interesting concept. To have no beginning. But folks, think about your own life. Yes, we have a beginning. We had a beginning. But we will exist. Every person that is conceived has an existence, an eternal existence. Everyone You'd choose where you want to spend your eternity, you know, up or down. I don't know. I mean, that's up to you, isn't it? It's up to each individual. There's this image of God. And he's a God who breaks through all the barriers between time and eternity. And he did that to reveal himself to the very human beings that he created. We need to put God first. I'm going to ask you to turn over to the book of John, chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So in Genesis, I'm going to read the first five verses of John chapter 1. In Genesis, we read, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The heavens and the earth. John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's interesting, isn't it? A different story about the beginning. In the beginning was the word. He did not have a beginning himself, but existed from all eternity. As far as a human mind can go back, the Lord Jesus was there. He never was created. He had no beginning. The word was with God. He had a separate and distinct personality. He was not just an idea, a thought, or some vague kind of example, but a real person who lived with God. The Word was God. The Word, He not only dwelt with God, but He Himself was God. Let's skip down to verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Wow! We have not seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace. Truth. Sorry. We have seen his glory. We have seen his glory. The word became flesh. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Verse 14, the word became flesh. The Greek word for word is Logos. The word, the Logos, became flesh. Christ, the eternal word who is God, came to earth as mankind, as a human. In doing so, he did not merely appear like a man, but he actually became one. The Spirit of God was placed into the body of a human being. God provided and became the Spirit. Or provided Christ and he became the Spirit for that body. When Jesus was born as a baby in the manger at Bethlehem, I'm sure we all know the story, he had always existed as the Son of God with the Father in heaven, but now chose to come into the world in a human body. We need to put God first. We live in a world where we are able to use, I don't know, but I've read that we use about 10% of our brains. Is that true? Have you heard those sorts of claims? We use about 10% of our brain? Well, that means, I guess, we need to rely on God for the other 90%. So slide number two, please, Chris. What is your expectation of God? Is it that God is there for me or is it I am there for God? Is it like I pray for my needs or I pray for the needs of others? (laughs) Or is it that I read the Bible to gain knowledge or I read the Bible to get to know my Creator? Can you see one series there is about self and the other is about others? My mother kept teaching me that it was more blessed to give than receive, and I could never understand it because I just love birthday presents and Christmas presents, and I thought receiving was just the best. But you know, I see it in a totally different light now. A totally different light. God is the reason that we are here today. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And if we do, then we don't need to seek things like fruit or gifts or prosperity or healings or signs or wonders. Seek God first and then what happens? What's the next bit of that verse? Exactly. <coughs> exactly. <coughs> Sometimes, we do as my grandmother would say, don't put the cart before the horse. (laughs) Okay? Some people seek all sorts of things, but the mistake that they make is not seeking God first, because all of those things, fruit, gifts, prosperity, healing, signs and wonders, they all come from God so we need to seek God first and then all of those things will be opened up or added unto us now see folks we need to put God first I want to challenge you today don't just go away and say wow that was a good message I don't want to hear anyone say that I want you to come back in a month and say, look, I've started putting God, really, really started putting God first in my life. And wow, you stand up in church and you share at sharing time the change that he's made. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that you were there in the beginning and even... (coughs) Excuse me even as difficult as that is to comprehend Even as difficult as that is to comprehend, (coughs) we pray and ask that you'll be with us every day, Lord, every day of our existence. (coughs) That we will grow more into (coughs) our nature you would touch us Lord deeply with your power your sovereignty come to us Lord in dreams and visions give us a revelation of your word speak to us clearly Lord so there's no mistake reveal to us our, our ministry Reveal to us, Lord, our mission. Help us, Lord, to renew our faith daily. Help us, Lord, to put you first. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.